Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Now, at Lone Town this week, parted ways with Adrian Carberry and then swiftly replaced him with Paul Doolan. Nathan, what do we make of this one? I make it quite suspect. And let me explain why. Like I said, Adrian Carberry uh, stepped down, uh, usually himself in the clubs, um, as head coach uh, of the current at Lone team. Athlone Town team, sorry. Um, that came following a, me- a meeting on Monday night and then very, very swiftly, as you mentioned, uh, Paul Dillon making his return to uh, the League of Ireland. So that came after a, a meeting that the club had on the Tuesday night. So already you're seeing an extremely quick turnaround there, aren't you? You know, again, when Neil did this race, you gauge fan reaction and fan interest and a, a lot of fans really, really disappointed with uh with, with the board and probably not really in terms of the decision of uh, of letting go of Carberry you know um, this is an athlone side that really in the in the past couple of weeks have been leaving goals on a rapid rate you know we've seen them getting beaten 6-0 by UCD in the most recent game we talked about that mental game they had with Waterford in the FBI Cup um, sitting at 6th place at the moment 8 points off the playoff position after 19 games and they're now on a 5 game uh, winless run so you can see, boy, you know, the, the numbers and the stats just don't add up. There's a lot of new players came in to start the season. Players are still coming in, you know. Seeing Glenn McCauley and Subawale come in along from Waterford over the past number of weeks. And uh, again, boy, the limited time that we've got to watch at Lowen, you know, with just so much going on. There seems to be a serious lack of cohesion at the back. Uh, and, and that could just be with the young influx, the new signs coming in. But yeah, strangely for me, you know, in terms of the timing of the quick turnaround from Carberry's departure to Paul Dillon coming back in, uh, yeah, that's the one thing that really, really gave my interest and I, and I thought was the bizarre about this. Is it not just a club doing its business right? They, you see clubs all the time who have managers set up and ready to go. They've, they know that, you know, they probably knew this after the last league game and getting on to Paul as soon as possible before they let go of um, their manager. Does that not make sense? I think it does in a way, but I think if you add in the fact as well, this is an athlone board that publicly came out last week and publicly backed Adrian Carby as the manager. Uh, Quashing any speculation that he was going to leave the role. (laughs) That's standard too, though, Nathan, isn't it? It's it's standard, but it's not right. I think it's still never be right, though. You know, you look at a man like Adrian Carby that came in uh, December 2019 replaced Terry Butcher at the, uh, Butler at the time I believe it was um, it's an athlone side that we, we've said it's struggling the past number of years finishing in, in the in really really the, the lower end of the fourth division table and a uh, former player uh, athlone Nate as, as well as Carby so yeah it's, it's, it's just something just a little bit strange and that's again by going off the athlone town uh, fans uh, reactions a lot of them believe it's Moves that may probably made behind the back of Adrian Carvey, you know, one week being publicly backed by the boy, the board at his football club, that all of a sudden being tired out. Now, like I said, look at the, the, the current one results speak for themselves, you know, these are not long side that I, I certainly, uh, I, I put them in as my second team really on the season, didn't I? Um, and it just hasn't gone to plan, but yeah, I thought for me, it's a bit bizarre to come out and publicly back the manager and then 
week later. Now all day after a pretty bad six 0 thumping the hands of UCD. Yeah, just the timing for me was a bit strange. I suppose there's two ways you can look at it, Nathan. I mean, they started off flying; they were doing great. Mm. This is their first sort of bad spell, and it's not a great spell. In all fairness, you said five games without win; you got stuffed six nil. Should they, as much as they start praising the manager when they're doing really, really well, should they, if they believe it's the right manager, stick with him through that sort of sticky patch? Or maybe is there more to it? And maybe it's not just the football. Maybe there's something going on behind. Yeah, it certainly could be, you know. Um, again, we probably, I think when you're a woman not at Lone Native, the fans, you can be a bit out of loose sometimes. But, you know, we've done a bit of a background check before coming on here and, a lot of the, the the blame for this season, strangely enough, has been pointed at the Athlone board. Again, the frustration around this, this decision has been evident to see. But like you were saying, you know, they got up to such a good start, didn't they? Uh, five games for start of the season without a win. And you, you can see it's, it's been through patches then. They went on three games, uh, losing streak. Then they got picked up again. Another three games, losing streak. So if you look at the consistency that's there, look, it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? When you, when you bring in the amount of new recruits that uh, Adrian Carby did at the start of the season, like that, that's always going to be a bit of a gelling period there to, to get them all together. But by, by looking at it, they're certainly going to be disappointed with, with that league position. There's enough talent in that at long squad to be certainly challenging uh, for at least a playoff position. So, like I was saying, the the reason behind being surprised with this decision probably isn't in terms of what's going on on the field. It's just the fact that coming out publicly back in a manager and then really, then mutually agreeing to, to, to part ways a week later was strange. Now, yeah, look, definitely I'd love to hear the, the, the reaction from Athlone fans that there is anything uh, a little bit suspect, a little bit extra going on behind the scenes because it, it probably would fill in a couple of gaps for me. Yeah, when you look at the position they're in and you've already mentioned it, they're only one win away from being second from bottom and that's a problem in itself. So, Paul Doolan, what can he do to change things around and is he the right man? Do you know what? I've been asking myself this question and I've been literally arguing with myself like a lunatic talking to myself about it. You know, Paul Doolan is a man, as a player and a manager, that knows the league with the back of his hand. You know, played with Bowles, Rovers, Derry, Shells, Dogs, UCD. Played over 260 games in the Premier Division. Uh, as a manager, managed UCD, managed uh, Drottery to the Premier League title even in 2007, managed Cork to the FBI Cup in 2005, and it was even involved with the Ireland underage system, I believe, during the 19 wasn't it? So he is a fantastic coach, and while he, people will point out that he won leagues and won a cup, it was, that was a long time ago, 2005, 2007, and financially put Drottery in serious trouble uh, in the aftermath of, of winning that league title, which is something that Lawson mentioned. But well, as a coach, boy, even I, I, I know one or two people that would have uh, would have been you uh, would have coached them, or would have managed them, and said there's, there's probably no better coach in the country in terms of what he does in training, how he makes you enjoy your football, how he brings a bit of camaraderie into the group. So that's always going to be really, really important to win that loan side. That, like you said, they're they're really, really close to being in the in, in the bottom two in an extremely tight uh, fourth division table. So. It could swing either way for them, you know, uh, with a decent run of games, you know. Who knows if Treaty United and UCD, if they'll drop out of the playoff position, that long could still realistically make where find themselves in the playoff position from the end of the season. So it's a bit of, bit of it's a curious position to be in at the moment now, isn't it? It really could go either way. But yeah, for me, Paul Dillon, big name, 
uh, in the league, like I said, he's been successful even if it has been such a long time ago. Uh, highly regarded coach. So, yeah, I, I personally think it's, the, uh, it's a good appointment, especially someone coming in uh, so quickly after the departure of Adrian Carberry. It was a name that I don't know about you, I was surprised to see Paul Dillon uh, even be linked with the role. But, yeah, I think our clown fans, when the disappointment with the board subsides, they'll be happy with the man to come in and have a face purpose. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a good appointment. Um, I think it might be a bit harsh there, blaming Drahdy United's uh, financial issues on Paul or even partly to do with Paul because isn't that that's what the board are for. That's what Germans oh, are yeah, for, yeah. you know. They, he only spends money that they're willing to give. So, uh, And they've seen it around lots of clubs, uh, this side and the other side of the water as well. So um, I, I, I cut me a little bit of slack on that one. But I do think he's going to do a good job. I think he, he, he'll he probably get the best out of a lot of players down there. So don't, don't be surprised if they turn things around down there. And as you said, get that playoff place and who knows from there. OK, we're going to go on to Liam Buckley and his tenor at Sligo Boss, really, because there's a little bit of talk going on, Nathan. There is a little bit of talk, right? Um, you know me, uh, now a Sligo native. Don't let this Dublin accent fool you if anyone is uh, new to the show. Hundred percent Sligo. Ah, this is all Sligo, baby. This is all, all Sligo. Westlake tattoos, WB8. I mean, what everything right now. <laughs> Sligo has become. But now, um, one thing I do know is that it's the Sligo uh, locals and probably more importantly, some of the local sponsorships of Sligo Rovers are not happy. They are not not happy. Uh, like that Lone Town Sligo Rovers on, on a disastrous one at the moment to find themselves on the back of a six game losing streak. Now, the one thing that the, the sponsors aren't happy about is the fact that we were dumped out of the Europa Conference League and the FBI Cup back in July in the space of 10 days. So, pretty much realistically, uh, knocking any chance of silverware and you know, European football is going to be difficult this season uh, to get even in the league. Never sitting in third place, uh, but Bohemians and Gary in particular are, are right behind them. So it's um, and yeah, so it's, it's really, really going to be. It's, an, it's another one you know that, that could go either way, but it's a club that you know, as we talked about, Slug of Over to successfully walk the start of twenty ten, especially in the FA Cup. They haven't won any silverware since the, the Tantra Cup win in two thousand fourteen. So. Yeah, some, some local uh, sponsors and certainly some fans as well, you know, like it, it isn't fully down to sponsorship because sponsorship is extremely important where they are a side like Sligo Rovers that don't have, you know, they like to use the term, um, what's, the, what's the, the term to use down here for, you know, sugar daddy, that's the cow that I forget. I get thrown at me every second day as a pad fan. Um, so, yes, yeah, so for lack of a better term, we don't have a sugar daddy chairman down here that, that, that provides money. So, you know, local sponsorship is really, really important and they will have a big say in the future of Liam Buckley. Um, look, it's, there's, there's other factors I suppose you could look into that are poor one of them at the moment. Greg Bolger, who's been so influential, he, he's changed that struggle over the midfield. I said, you even offer plenty of times that that was the thing that left Sligo down last season was how fragile they were really in the middle. And, and Greg Bolger, certainly at the start of the, start of the season, was probably deep signing up the season and he, and he turned that team around. The likes of Noel Morahan, one of the best young players in the league last year just hasn't quite reached the same uh, level. He scored uh, three goals in this uh, six-game uh, losing streak he found themselves on and only 27 goals overall this season, which 
now that that is behind Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's and Bohemian Five, by, by a good margin as well. So these are other factors that you can throw in, do that at the poor on the farm. I'd like to get your opinion first before I throw my own in. Again, what do you reckon? Do you, do you think that Liam Buckley, if he was to part ways with Slug of Rovers, or Slug of Rovers were to get rid of him, would that be a good decision in your eyes, or do you think it'd be bit of a strange one uh, just given everything that he's done around and, and how he has improved Slug of Rovers as a whole it would be the most stupid decision uh, of all time Dean Buckley's after building a good unit together you're going to have your good and bad patches when you have your bad patches you got to stick together and work a little bit harder and you know sponsors or fans are, are, have the right to be disappointed and they should be disappointed but they, they won't be any more disappointed than the players and the manager are so they've all got to stick together and they've got to work hard together to try and make sure that they get European football for next year and if the arrival of Andre Wright is going to do anything it's going to help them up front where we've said that even after the first three or four games where they looked sharp after that well, might maybe after six games, they've been really poor up front. They they haven't been looking yeah. sharp, and he might be the injection they need. Yeah, he might be. Um, first of all, I'm glad you said that because I have uh, on my notes right in front of me uh, in capital letters: "fucking idiotic" and "pure <laughs> panic." If you let him go, I, 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 Jesus, I don't understand even the talk behind. It, I have to be honest with you, but yeah, look, Andre Roy coming in. Um, you could say he's signed now until the end of the 2021 season. Um, looked really, really good for Bowles. Well, more than really good. He's added yeah. in, the, in the 2020 PFEI team of the season. Um, 16 goals and 34 games for Bowles playing uh, 2019 and 2020. And still only 24 years old. Yeah, know? and we were talking about him, Nathan, weren't we? Like we were saying, there's not many yeah. top, top strikers in the league. And we, we oh. thought that he could have done a job for someone else you know, in the league. Yeah, so, you know, he went away. It's obviously not really worked for him. And sometimes it's not a bad thing to come back into the league and uh, and find your feet again. And Sligo could be a great place for him to go. It could be, you know. Um, I, I think it could work out well for both of them. Like you said, but that season Sligo looked brilliant for ever since then. You know, Jordan Gibson, he's gone off the boil. Look, Johnny Kenny's only a young lad. He can't expect him to be the, be the main man at the moment. He's just not physically there yet. But he will be in time. He's definitely a, a, a promising prospect. Romeo Parks has said so many times. He's, he's, he's in danger, isn't he? He's in danger he's, losing this place. He's, he's, yeah, he's not that good of a player. He really, really isn't. Um, very pacey, big guy, but Jesus, uh, no first touch at all. Finishing ability is below average. He's it, 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 just, I, I've never got the hype around him. They were very excited when he came back from America that time. And personally, I've just never seen, seen it. Walter Figueroa as well has been probably one of the more disappointing times of the season. Uh, just hasn't got going at all. So, yeah, look, Andre Roy coming in could be that a bit of injection. And another name now as well. I suppose we could call this, uh, I haven't even told you this actually, we could call this a little, the big kickoff exclusive. You'll have to get a photo for that, won't you? You'll have to get a little. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a little soundbite. An exclusive sign. No, like, no work, no pressure on that, Roy, really, to get a little photo going. But um, Nathan Ottawa is another name that, that's being linked to coming into Sligo Rovers in the coming days. Um, be familiar to Dundalk fans. He, he was with Dundalk for the, the, the 2020 season. Um, he never came back and he's been actually a free agent ever since he's another 25 year old uh, winner 
watching him last year, very direct. He can play on the left and the right, very pacey, and uh, draws in fouls with his quick feet. You know, seeing a player with the likes of Spores, Luton Town, Rangers, Colchester United, and Peterborough over in England uh, and Scotland, respectively. So, yeah, look, Nathan Otterberg could be another one potentially on his way to Slug of Overs. Um, well, unlike Andre Roy, he's goal scoring pedigree in the League of Ireland, isn't there? You know, he's pacey, very skillful, willing to, to take a man on. So, Look, Andrew, set in stone. Ottawa is, is, is just sort of in the room, I mean, at the moment. But it could be two very, very good signings uh, for the end of the season because Sligo Rovers need that bit of injection, don't they? Oh, 100%. There's absolutely, there's no doubt about it at all. Um, with the fixtures this weekend, they have Derry City at home. So it's not going to be an easy one uh, this weekend either. So they really are going to get the finger out. And, and the only way to get through a bad patch is work even harder than you've, you've worked before. So... They're going to really have to work hard now. And uh, do you think Wright will get a starting a starting place? I know it's it, 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 not against Derry. Won't there's a, I think there's still a bit of an issue, isn't there, with the international clearance? They're looking at the draw of the game and um, the weekend after. But when he is ready to go, uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't. There really, really isn't. Um, I, I, I think. Like you were saying, Romeo Percy a bit nervous with him coming over. That would be the, the obvious choice to come out. I think for Guerra as well. He's done nothing really on a consistent basis for me this season from what I'm saying. So, yeah, there's no reason. Why wouldn't you uh, sign a player like Andre Wright and, and, and keep him on the bench? You know, we, we are we're not far away from the last uh, set of fixtures. So, young games, they're going to come take them fast. And before, you know, you don't be playing catch up too late in the season. So, if you have someone like Andre Wright in your squad, you use him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, just uh, on new signings, uh, Dundalk announced the signing of goalkeeper Cameron Yates following his release from Wickham Wanderers. Has the penny dropped? Yeah, it can't be any worse from what's at the club. Jesus. Um, and I got burnt, you know. I got burnt. I sat on this podcast, I think it was two weeks ago, and like a fool, I, I praised the baby for performance <laughs> in the European games. Then what did you do the week later? Went out against Pats and absolutely creamed, I think it was Matty Smith, out of it for, for, for a penalty and just looked back to his nervous self. So, yeah, that's, that's the last time I'll ever do that now. Um, I, don't, I, I, I can't say I'm a Wickham Wanderers fan. I've never seen Cam Yates play, but yeah, I think that's... I think the penny drop is... <laughs> he's already the, better in your eyes, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's already, you know, he's already number one, Hall of Famer, starter... Get him in there. Look, I like Peter Cherry. I do like Peter Cherry as a goalkeeper. He, he's a safe pair of hands in the league, but Jesus, it's what we've seen at a BB. Like we said, if you're in the storm, he, he had some good performances in the European games, but overall, that's not good enough. He, he's been torrid since he came in. So nervy, but plenty of mistakes in him. Distribution is awful. Yeah, Penny has dropped. I'm sure it has at this stage. Just to finish off, Liam Scales to Celtic looks like it's going to happen. And after the European adventure um, against Tallinn, it's looking like he's going to move. And they're talking about a half million sterling, I think. So, what, 600, 650,000 euro. Is, is, that, is that enough? I think that's this, this sort of figure that's been thrown about from the start, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it has. Look, it's a nice figure uh, for Roberts, you know. Um, 
could be pushed about a little bit and get a little bit more. I'm sure he could. Liam Scales, like, serious talent, you know, 23. Has that bit of... No, he's been playing now, man, senior football for a long time at UCD and Shamrock Rovers. He's been really successful at Shamrock Rovers. You know, he's versatile as a centre-half and a left-back now. He's been excellent this season. Like he said in the past, two positions that Celtic are crying out for badly. And for me, there's no reason why... Uh, probably not straight away, but you know, a couple of weeks of dead in protest. There's no reason why Liam Scales can't be, be making a splash in that Celtic force team because it's an absolute diabolical. It's one of the worst Celtic teams in the past decade. Now, they got a good win tonight in the Europa League um, beating AZ. Um, but after that, yeah, the league form, the squad, what squad is so keen in. There's not much uh, standout names there. So, yeah, I'm sure Robert could push the boat out a little bit more, but it's a good move for Liam. Um, good place to realistically go uh, get football first team football I'll be playing that high profile side like Celtic even though uh, for the squad is looking it's still you know still an attractive move for him so yeah it'd be great to see him do well over there and it'd be also great to see him bail out after um, beating uh, Flora Callan and, and getting Shamrock Rovers helping Shamrock Rovers to get through to the group stages of the Europa Conference League it'd be nice for the league wouldn't it yeah hopefully that happens now because uh, we really need him First of all, we need him going to Celtic and performing and doing really well and maybe even building on that and getting a better move into England to uh, one of the bigger sides. We, w- we want to we want our players, when they leave the League of Ireland, to go on and better themselves because that'll start pushing up the value of the players in the league and the, and the teams in, within the league then will be able to demand a bit more. And if, if, we, if we have players going away and, and they just end up coming back all the time, you just won't get that. So you, you, you're only getting your few, like the Seamus Coleman's and, and whoever, you know, Wes Hoolahan's who go on and make it. So you really want uh, Liam to go on and, and, and push that for us. And of course, yes, we need we need to be beating talent. And uh, again, as a league point of view, uh, just to help out the league. So it's, yeah, it's all all, all positive and hopefully, uh, hopefully all this happens and turns out the advantage of the league. Now, the Northern Ireland Football League officially launched their own fantasy football game. And this is interesting, Nathan, isn't it? Would we like to see a League of Ireland fantasy football? Absolutely would. I know, I certainly would. Anyway, it's something that's been rumoured for it's the longest time now, hasn't it? You know, it's been in development uh, even longer than the, the Bohemian uh, redevelopment stadium. It's, it's been talked about, you know, it, it's come in the past decade or so, but still no sign of it. I'll admit, I'm, the older I'm getting, I, you know, taste changes. I'm more of a super sick man myself when I'm talking about English football. I think like a lot of people, I, even now, it's probably very timely actually, the, the Premier League just starting over in England and I had me put me fancy football set up. I'm under no illusions after, after about a month Two months, I'll completely forget about that. While I am in English, in English, while I am an English football fan, instead of a Port Manchester United fan, have been on the like, like a lot of League of Ireland fans have balanced the two. Um, but I don't watch the Premier League as consistently as I'll watch League of Ireland. Now, saying that, I will watch Manchester United play every week. There's no if I put about it. I will, well, if something's going on. But if I'm free, if I can't watch the games, I will stand and watch them. Will, will I do that with other teams? Not really. Like last year, the opening weekend, I watched United and Leeds and I wasn't do, I was sort of at a loose end on the Sunday. So I watched the Tottenham Man City game. So that's really it. Where if 
Pat doesn't play on a Friday. Even though we come on to the, the League of Ireland Sports Bar, which you can check us out live every Friday at the League of Ireland Games. Now, we sort of, we have to watch the games, but even if for some reason we wasn't in the sports bar, I'd still sit down and watch it just as a genuine League of Ireland fan. So, I think it, it, it well, certainly for me, it, it definitely piqued my interest. But I think it also keeps um, other fans that, you know, might not sit down and watch every League of Ireland game, because that's all right as well. I think it'll keep them a bit more interested, you know, and it also has the aspect of some people need that little bit of a more of an interest factor. And we talked about the gambling situation, haven't we, before uh, in football, you know, so it could be a little bit, a bit of a different intrigue for people, uh, for League of Ireland fans, that you now they can check out uh, the, the players they might have on the fancy football team, you know, it might be that bit more of an interest uh, compared to putting a bet on uh, uh, going down the gambling room. So, yeah, I'd like to see it come. I really, really would. I think it'd be interesting. I think the, the demand would be there for it. Uh, again, by looking out uh, for people that come to know under the, the NIFL uh, statements, a lot of them would love to see a league of order one come. So, yeah, it's hoping that, that, that finally it works. How much would you have to spend? Yeah, that would be... Uh, what's in the, it's in the Premier League the, the English ones are, uh, 100 million 100 million yeah it's probably about a fiver <laughs> <laughs> well you need about a half million to get scales so yeah yeah now scales wouldn't be in my team um, yeah look if, if I could get James Brown for a tidy one a tidy one year old he'd be my big budget <laughs> then get James Brown uh, and then just flood it with a lot of kids and hope for the best it'd be great though because it would give people an interest in not just, and I, I do notice that a lot of people in the League of Ireland are really interested in their own team, if you know what I mean. And it would give them a broader yeah. interest in other teams and other players and, you know, getting to know other people in the league and some of the players they wouldn't even know. Like you may know uh, or, or be bothered about knowing, you know, three or four of Cork City's players but you might know everyone and, and I think it'd just give you a bit more knowledge because you'd be keeping an eye out and also people who um, maybe aren't into League of Ireland and maybe this would be an introductory way to get into yeah. it so I think yeah, it'd, be, it'd be great I think it's definitely something they should do what about signings who like if you had to pick now under the current sort of fancy football rules uh, if you had to pick a couple of players off, I suppose it's three, isn't it? Off same Pats, who would yeah. you be going for? Ooh, well, Pats, difficult, isn't it? You don't want to flood a team. Well, the, look, they like the, ans- the answer is no one, Nathan. We don't want any of them from Pats, do we? Oh, we want some. <laughs> do you know what? I'll stick V and go. I'll go with V. Fairness, that's a good show. It's a good show. Week in, week out. Um, now, younger lads don't cost much. I stick Dara Bones in there, plays with the ball. He's consistently in the team as well. Uh, I, you wouldn't be able to help yourself. Bad. You'd have to go for Forrester, it, wouldn't you? Yeah, do you know what? Why? Why that in sync, man? We are literally reading my mind at this stage. Uh, <laughs> even if someone just said it, I was like, I wonder, wonder how much force will cost. Yeah. Because if I get force, I can't get James Brown, and that's like Sophie's choice. I can't not have to deal with him in my team. Well, you do go with is there any uh, Luke and you know, alumni in the league? Is there any Shamrock? I know your affiliation with Shamrock Rovers. Is there anybody that you would? having your uh, in your fancy football team it's, 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 a, it's a tough one but uh, at the moment yeah, well you'd have to put Scales in but he's gone now so you can't really put him in yeah. could you 
Um, uh, if you're looking at uh, look, listen, if you're looking at Bose, you know how much I'm in in, in love with Ross Tierney and and Dawson Devoy yeah. at the moment. They're on form, you know, so and you have to pick on form players. Um, at, at the start of the season, I probably, yeah, I I I, I would have went for probably one of the Sligo players who who they bought, and I probably would have been failing with them, you know, Figueroa or something like that, you know, because uh, they just haven't really given us what they we thought they would give you you know so yeah I think I think people think it would be easy but then when you you look at some players like who would have picked Adam Foley no one and he would have been flying yeah. imagine when the last time would have been let down putting Joe Hodge into that team he was coming over from Man City yeah, from, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And from Derry hasn't even stepped foot in, the, in, the, in I think he's gone back to Man City now isn't he he struggled with an injury and he went back to Manchester yeah. that would have been one that would have seriously let, let a lot of folks down yeah, well, I, I, I suppose you could have it uh, if you're going to have a fancy football league. You'd have to mix it between the Premier and First, so you probably have to have a certain amount of First Division players in or something like that. You know? Yeah, you would to fill up the fifteen team, the fifteen, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. they're going to go three. Yeah, yeah. Every side. Uh, I suppose before we wrap up on this one, the best thing about the fancy football is the names, isn't it? Yeah, no. Any, any, create, any creative names? No, I struggled. Story? I struggled. I struggled badly <laughs> at, at, with the other one. I, I have the same name from my other team for the last six or seven years. FC Basil yeah, Faulty is the name. That's but I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't do any better than that. <laughs> yeah, mine every year. Mine every year is the wet dream team. Uh, basic, oh, fucking, basic shit, shitty football fancy packer. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's the one I go with every year. I, I, I think I came up when I was 17. It was the funniest name in the world at the time. And now I'm 25. That's, that's, I'm just, like, our, that's just from experience now, is it? That's, yeah. Really, that's just the, the experience, the shitty in between as you when I was a teenager. Just, yeah. So now I'm 25. It just hasn't aged that way. I'm like, ah, oh, I must change it. And it's going to change it this year, and I think I had something like the Sligo Saints, and I go, oh, no, no, wet dream team, yeah. better than that, like that. No, do you know what? I, I you, like you probably gave this to me too late uh, today. You gave me this information that we well, we, we, we we're going to do the fun, fancy. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 right. And uh, I'm not messing. I panicked. I was like, oh my god, how am I going to do this? Uh, who have I got? And I hadn't got time because we had a football match tonight with the kids. And oh yeah, so uh, yeah, no, I failed miserably on this one. So, but maybe we'll maybe we'll have a think about it for next week, and we'll bring it up next week and see if we can come up with anyone. And if anyone out there is listening, uh, see if we can come up with a few fancy football uh, teams for the league. Of Ireland, it'd be, it'd be great to hear them. Okay, um, Nathan, a quick update on the condition of Lee Desmond last week. He got quite a wallop, and uh, thankfully he's okay. But it wasn't as easy as just picking himself up and and, and dusting himself off, was it? No, no. Thankfully, we're, we're coming there with good news, but it, it was certainly a, a very scary moment. You know, we touched on it um, straight after the fact, actually, on, on the on the League of Ireland Sports Bar and. Even at that, we were walking off limited information. Neither were at the ground, so uh, the stream was cut there on my end, so, which rightfully so as well. But now, look, good news. Uh, Lee was discharged in hospital uh, early on Saturday morning and was expected to make a full recovery. Like I said, it was a clash ahead between himself and uh, Vee Yarvis, the St. Pat's goalkeeper. Um, Fortunately, Lee collapsed and then went into convulsions um, at the end of Friday's 2-1 win over Waterford. Like I said, a really scary moment talking to some friends of mine that were actually behind the goal. And yeah, it's, it's something you just see and you never want to be seen on a football pitch. Um, but look, thankfully, uh, Lee popped up on a video having a chat with, uh, with Jamie Moore on his St. Pat's uh, social media uh, pages. 
Now, his face was bandaged up. He had a very, very nasty black eye and a swollen jaw. Um, but say, look, after a week or so, down, his face and injuries will go down. He said, nothing too severe. Uh, he went through the, the, the protocol, medical assessments, and like I said, the second night before the recovery, he was just more so talking about his memories of the incident and, you know, how lucky he was to have the medical staff on both sides around him and even how, how lucky he was that St. James's Hospital in Dublin is so close to Richmond Park and, you know, they, they could get him straight down there uh, in a matter of minutes. So, yeah, Liam was back. He was visiting the training centre, seeing his teammates, uh, getting an update in the medical staff. So, thankfully, a scary situation that, that, that seems to have um, seems to have a happy ending. You know, Lee doesn't seem to have any long-term effects. He, he will be expected to be out for a while. But, yeah, but it's all good. You know, it's some definitely positive signs for Lee Devon. Yep. Um, and it's great to see that he's uh, he's back again. Um Oh, yeah, just it was a, it was a little bit frightening actually to tell you the truth. You don't like seeing someone on the ground like that, and the Toby recovers one hundred percent. Now it was a historic day in Irish football as Daly Mount Park begins to be demolished. Nathan, the redevelopment has started. It has started. Yes, the the Death Kelly stand or the school end stand of some older fans would know or the away end. That other uh, visiting fans will know has begun to be demolished as the club uh, properly preparing now for the redevelopment to get underway. Uh, pretty much they're knocking down the roof in the away end, which I thought we could have went and blown on it at this stage and probably would have came down. Um, it's a long way to go, long, long way to go. The start of an absolutely very long process. And a process that like, we joked about even earlier in the show uh, has been delayed uh, by a number of years. The cost has gone up, but the capacity has gone down. We talked about this a lot over the past couple of weeks, and I would no point going back into it. Anyone that listens knows that uh, knows that there's the feelings on that subject. But yeah, look, it's start, isn't it? You know, it, it's a start. Um, well, yeah, it's certainly a long, long way to go, and it just be it, it's great to have the both. Like we're not, we say we're not going to get into too much, but yeah, look, it'd be great just to have it be developed in the Davenport Park because it's such a historic ground um, in terms of Irish sport and history and. To see it in the in the current state, um, yeah, it's it's just not fit for purpose, and it's, it's in badly, badly, badly desperation of a redevelopment. Yeah, one hundred percent, and of course, listen, we're fully behind the redevelopment in in Daily Mount. We have our issues, and I certainly have my issues with it. But one way or the other, if it's finished on a six thousand all seater stadium, um, it's going to be something that's um fresh brand new and it's going to give the league that little bit of uh, I suppose it'd be more attractive won't it it'd be more attractive for people to go yeah. and watch matches so that's what we want uh, make a 10,000 oh lads make a 10,000 okay right yeah. we, we move on to the fans question yeah we've got um, a bit of a double whammy in this week uh, sent in by Cathy Deegan so thanks for that Cathy uh, if you like Cathy you want your question sent in Reach out to the big kickoff on any of our social media platforms. You can get me, Nathan Doyle, on social media as well. I like to hold those questions up and, and get them on air because you know, really, they enjoy them. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Tabo Wani from uh, Cathy, she says, um, Hey lads, how do you balance supporting a League of Ireland and a Premier League team at the same time? And will English football always hinder the growth of Irish football? There is no balancing. That's the the way I see it. I, I watch yeah. Irish football. I watch English football. I watched Monaco playing in the Champions League 
last night. Yeah, last night. Um, I watched Sheriff play in the Champions League. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember who they, they were playing because I thought the matches were poor. I turned them off halfway through it. But I will watch football that's on from any country at any time just to watch football. So it's not a matter of balancing it. It's just if you love football, you love football and you will watch football 24 7 you know seven days a week my go-to channel is sky sports i love hearing about football talking about football watching football so i i don't find it hard to balance it and when the euros were on when the, the the league of ireland was on that was tricky because there was league of ireland games on and there was a couple of good games on that i i did miss yeah. in all fairness um, but I didn't really want to miss them. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to watch the Euros because, uh, uh, I, but I watched them because we do the show and we're dedicated to the show. And so I definitely watched the uh, the League of Ireland games. But you know, if the if the League of Ireland was on a Saturday and the Premier League was on a Saturday, uh, it would be it would be stupid. Three o'clock kickoffs. It would be stupid to do that. You know. So some of the games are on Saturday this week. All right. I think it's. Uh, Cove and Cove are at home to UCD and Sligo are at home to Derry but they're on at 7 o'clock and 7.45 which are not bad times to have games on on a Saturday so that's fine but yeah it just you can't go head to head with the Premier League it's just it's, it's madness no. so having it the way it is at the moment is fine so that means there is no balancing I, I, I can watch football in Ireland and I can watch football in England and I can watch the Scottish football and I can watch you know La Liga Serie A Bundesliga you know there's so many different options out there to watch yeah I, I don't find it a balancing act what about yourself? Yeah no, I, I, I the same too um, I, yeah I didn't sit down and watch Monaco and play yesterday uh, I do like to take a, even one day off during, <laughs> during the week of football <laughs> and when I seen the fixtures yesterday that was like oh that's me and that's going to be your day to, to not watch football. Um, yeah, I don't struggle with it at all, really. Like you're saying, the Euros is the only one, you know, like, uh, you know, Longford are playing Waterford, but you also have the Italians playing, and it's just trying to balance. That's the only time I've ever really had to balance. Um, after that, I'm a grown adult, and if I, if, you know, if, if I want to watch a League of Ireland game or a Premier League game, I'll do that. If I want to watch a Premier League game or a League of Ireland game, I'll do that. You know? Shaq Derrida-esque. <laughs> just came to me, <laughs> sorry. Where's this coming from? Sorry, continue. It's like, oh, it's just a new segment where we just fucking blow down random Just shout out stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, from yeah, now on, yeah, just shout yeah, out yeah. football teams. Uh, it could be anywhere. Air yeah. United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we can use that one in mind. Yeah, I'll try to tell you off a little bit later. Um, but now, yeah, I personally never do uh, struggle with the balance of the two. Um, like we're saying, there's a lot of people out there that support uh, League One teams and Premier League teams. And, for people to go and knock that and to say, you know, you should watch League of Ireland, if you have sport League of Ireland, you have to watch League of Ireland games. They don't just watch the football that you want to watch. Um, I was more interested with the second part of that question, which is saying with, with English football, yeah. always hinder Irish football. Um, look, I think this is, again, while I do like the question, it's something that you can talk about pretty much around this time every year, can't you? When the Premier League starts up and the League of Ireland is sort of coming to its conclusion. It's something that's always going to be mentioned. You know what, the Premier League will take away from... from you know, attendance of figures at the League of Ireland. Well, that's not really the Premier League's fault, in fairness. You know, um, the Premier League markets itself all over the world. Premier League clubs market themselves all over the world. You know, this isn't just an issue in Ireland. This is an issue over in America, South America, and especially in Asia. 
the Asian market is such a hotbed now for these Premier League clubs. It's unbelievable. Um, the team that is going to stop and lose the growth of Irish football is, is Ireland. It, it, we said a lot of times for me, it's been especially apparent now with this great European run, the, the lack of media coverage has been horrendous. Virgin uh, Media and RTE only jumping on the boat now with the, with, with the Shamrock Rovers games uh, coming up tomorrow night and next week. You know, you, you go to the like, like of Scotland, Scotland's a perfect example. You go up there and the back pages are full of the FDL and, and over here that's just simply not the case. The Irish media has never had an interest in Irish football, probably never will in its current guys have an interest in Irish football. It's the, the red-headed stepchild. Sorry to any red-headed stepchildren listening in. <laughs> yeah, just, um, um, I actually have a red-headed stepbrother, so I should probably stop using that term, actually, now that I think of it. Um, <laughs> you're just you're just making so, that up now. You're backing it, backtracking. No, 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 no. Go on to my social media. I've a redheaded step with her. Gav, I know you listen to the show. What's the story? You may probably get a mention at some stage. Um, yeah, no, it's um, yeah. In the current guys, now the Irish media, no interest. There's other aspects of there. Clubs could be doing more. Coastal courts. We said it. Countless times, we're blue in the face, doing more to make them. Attracted myself, doing more in the community. But yeah, for me, it, it's not really down to the English English football or even European football that's going to hinder Irish football. Irish football is never going to surpass English football. So it, it, it's down to the country of Ireland, the people involved, to make Irish football more attractive. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent. And as I said, the games aren't uh, you know overlapping each other, so there's no there's yeah. no reason to be missing games. Uh, you know, not watching football if that's what you want to do. But again, you're not forced to watch Irish football. You're not forced to watch English football. Yeah. It's up to our league. And listen, we we are low in the footballing pecking order when it comes to club football. And we have to, and we are doing. That's the thing that I want to make sure that people know that we're not just knocking at the league. The league are improving. The league is getting better. The standard is getting better. The coaching is getting better. Even the way clubs are getting run now, it's starting to get better. You know, we see some of them, like as I said before, Jamie Rovers um, uh, and Bowes marketing is, is, is really, really good in promotion. And you can see other clubs are following in the footsteps. So this is this is good. This is good things. But we're starting at the bottom and there's a long way to go to reach anywhere near the heights of the Premier League, which we will never do because the Premier League is just out there. Unless they go bust and fall flat in their face, I suppose. That's the other way you could look at it. But we don't want to be that big. We want to make sure that our teams, if we, want, if we could get our leagues as professional leagues, as fully professional leagues, that have good fan base uh, and following. And we know all the ways that we have to do that. We, as you said, we have to make the game day experience good. So that means stadiums have to be good. You know, it, it, everything around it has to be good. The entertainment value has to be good. And of course, the level of football, which then is surrounding all of the match day experience in the centre, football is there. And if, if the standard of our football rises, which it is, and the underage teams that are coming through there's players popping through and there's there is a lot more coaches now out there who are getting their badges and you know it's great to see some of the, the ex-players coming back and, and working behind the scenes in these clubs so yes yeah it, we can we can build ourselves up so I don't think we're hindered by the Premier League at all I think if the Premier League wasn't next door to us um, we'd still have the same league because it's not as if we have a huge 
uh, export of footballers that are going across to England and making it, or even ex- or footballers going across that aren't making it but are making it in other higher divisions. So, yeah, we're we're at the moment we're we're, we're trying to swim for ourselves, and really no one else is holding us back. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're okay. We just got to st- we've got to climb out of the hole that we're in, and the only way we can do that is all work together and work hard and get ourselves up that fo- footballing ladder. So, there are my thoughts on that. Now, Nathan, we're gonna finish off on uh, it's a it's a sad note, really, the passing of Roy Butler. Yeah, look, it's it is a never topic you, you want to even be talking about, uh, let alone finishing the show on. But it, it just has to be said. Um, yeah, a very, very sad day. Um, the paddock said the passing of Roy Butler, uh, former Waterford player, um, passed away at the very young age of 23 after a short battle with illness. Um, he sent a half. He, he joined the Blues back in 2014. Um, played with Villa FC uh, in Waterford. And he became a regular in, in the Waterford underage system. He won the Under-19 Player of the Year Award in 2015. Graduated up to the fourth team, um, and even went on to captain the Waterford fourth team at such a young age. You know, a testament to his, his character, not only the footballer, but, but of what what he could do off the field and, and his leadership abilities on the field as well. But yeah, look, I suppose just from from everybody here at the big kickoff, nothing but love, nothing but thoughts to the fans, family, and the Waterford community as a whole. You know, Roy Butler, a, a Waterford native. So yeah, very very sad to hear. It. Look. Not a not a, a nice note to finish on, but um, the man that, that that gave Roy Butler his start in the League of Ireland was um, friend of the channel, uh, Roddy Collins. And in fairness to Roddy, you know, he goes him away with words, doesn't he? And, and this isn't even a joke. Like Roddy, in fairness to him, you know, like he he does ten really really nice tributes, and he, he really does. He, he's the man for getting his point across, and and, and he penned an absolutely beautiful tribute. We were only reading it. Um, Together before we came on here, you know, we mentioned the family by name and um, said he's going to visit them over the coming days and, and, and talked about uh, Roy in depth, not only as a footballer, but as a young man as well. Uh, testament, like we were saying earlier, to his character, talking about the Roy future he had ahead of him. A couple of quotes that we just picked out here, we thought we were really, really poignant. Um, Roddy Collins went on and said, I managed thousands of kids and Roy was special with them. And um, he reminded me so much of Ryan McBride, another young League of Ireland man taken too early. So, look, that's there's, there's much more said um, in that tribute by Roddy Collins. I'd recommend go fishing out, but yeah, look, some, some, some lovely words um, by, by a man that's, that's such a well known figure in the league. You know, everyone that knew him had nothing but nice words to say about Roddy Butler. So, yeah, look, very, very sad news here. Yeah, really, really sad. Um... R.I.P. Roy Butler and we will leave it at that note Nathan thanks very much and uh, everyone else out there who's uh, listening in thanks very much for your time for listening and, and, and joining us on I suppose our little big kickoff journey as well it's, I mean we're we're thankful for, for everyone who sends in a question whoever, whoever is listening to us whoever joins us on the League of Ireland Sports Bar and the people who, you know, le- read the articles on thebigkickoff.com. So uh, thanks very much for your support. And if you want to support us even more, you know, spread the word, spread, share some of the, the articles that we have up, share some of the videos, share some of the podcasts with people that you know might like it. And uh, thanks very much.